Welcome to the Stop Suffering in Silence podcast with your hosts, Denise Walsh and Rachel Timothy. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Stop Suffering in Silence. My name is Denise Walsh, and I'm here with co-host Rachel Timothy. Uh, Today, we're going to discuss kind of out loud, like process out loud, our thoughts about the allegations of Tim Ballard. If you have not heard, um, I'll post some videos in the comments of just some of the allegations that are coming out about him over the past few years. And from what I understand, there's been some rumblings over the past few years of things aren't quite right, um, but it's now truly coming into the surface. And if you uh, heard over the last few episodes, we actually got connected to Operation Underground Railroad through an event that we went to a few months ago and had the opportunity to talk with those who are doing operations and, um, you know, are a part of their organization. And so it feels, number one, like we have some people in the organization who we can ask questions to and talk to, but it's always so shocking and heartbreaking and enraging, mm-hmm. if that's the word, yeah. when you hear about people in power abusing their position. So Rachel, where do we want to start with this? Well, I feel like one of the reasons this is a good discussion to have on here is because as a survivor of trafficking or trauma in general, something like this impacts you, even though it's from a distance, just because you're constantly trying to figure out who you can trust. And I know for me, when I have through the years been looking for help, whether it was through, you know, counseling and or just needing safety or understanding more of how to get out of a trafficking situation and there was a lot of big name organizations and small name and you don't know who to trust because unfortunately there's people who do take advantage of vulnerable trauma survivors and so um I think it's there's a a sense of a letdown for all survivors everywhere. Cause here's another person that you thought you could trust that you thought was doing good upright things. And then you find out it's not, it's not true. It's disappointing, isn't it? Yeah. It just makes you sick. And so some of the allegations, and again, I'm not a lawyer or, um, you know, in on all the scoops, but I'll tell you what I have learned And I think as of now, everything would be considered alleged because he is not convicted in the court of law. And so Mm -hmm. we're just sharing what we have learned from very public sources, um, including like a Vice News article. And they always um, sort or um, source their sources. They put their sources down. um, And then Vice was actually interviewed by Mormon Stories in like a three-hour interview where they talked about their reporting and where they get their information and how they vet their information and all of that kind of stuff. So we'll put links to the things that we have information or knowledge of in the show notes, but in case you want to keep going down this rabbit hole. But at the end of the day, uh, three months ago, Tim Ballard and OUR split. 
And so Tim Ballard was the CEO and founder of OUR and was a part of that organization for years. His story, right, is he came out of the CIA and he started this private organization so he'd have more flexibility and he partners with local governments and international operations to rescue children. And so there's a few allegations coming out of his time at OUR. A few months ago, they did separate. And what we were told is that they were separating because Tim was going to really pursue his speaking and you know career and continue to raise awareness that way. But that as an effective CEO of OUR, they needed a new person to really be in charge and give vision and really be in the, you know, the hands and in the dirty daily work of OUR because Mm -hmm. it's about the children. And when Tim was the face of OUR, it became about Tim. Mm -hmm. And so in order to have a healthy corporation or nonprofit as they are, or, um, and to really keep the focus on the children, they did separate. Now we're also hearing that there could have been other in additional reasons why that separation was made. Yeah. Do you have something to add? Well, I mean, I was just going to say that also there was some sort of a, there was the reason they separated the way that it was written down was somewhat generic, but it had to do with the character issue and what it wasn't defined well enough for anybody to really know what that meant. Um, but a lot of people thought, well, maybe it's because of sound of freedom, which just came out and, you know, this, the emphasis on that and, um, less on the children. So that character issue or whatever, um, was why they separated as well. Why they, they asked him to stop being the CEO. And so, you know, at first I thought it was his decision, but I do feel like now that I've learned a bit more, it was more OUR's decision. And it sounds like too, during some of the last year, there were some internal investigations happening. And from what these reporters have reported is um, that girls, ladies, women who were a part of the special operations for OUR reported that inappropriate activities were happening on the field, um, out in the field. And from what we have learned through this reporting is they said that Tim wanted to be sure that the bad guys knew that they were married, that he and the female operator, officer person, they were supposed to be married in this undercover operation. And so as an undercover operative, we have to pretend that we're married, which means we stay in the same room, which means um, X, Y, and Z need to happen. And then the coercion would be, how far are you willing to go to save the children? And so it sounds like these women were put in situations that they didn't feel comfortable with. And they didn't feel, I don't know if they said yes or no, if it was consensual or if it was, you know, it doesn't matter. Nobody should ever feel uncomfortable around their boss ever. and so. These ladies came to OUR, HR, and an internal investigation was started. Yeah, and I do believe it was one lady who went to HR and they started the internal investigation and that's when they found six others. Yeah. So because one stood up, six others were like, yeah. And you know, there had, here's some of my thoughts. These are 
not traumatized, broken, you know, victims who are manipulated by a CEO. These are law enforcement. These are former FBI agents. These are strong women, but they can still be manipulated. And to twist it to say, what are you willing to do to rescue children? That's awful. That is awful to do to somebody. And so, yes, I don't I don't feel like you could ever say that that it was uh, consensual because that's pure manipulation. Um, but also, you think of the shame aspect. I'm sure they started to wonder, was this my fault? You know, like, why didn't they come forward right away? It could be a question. Why are they, you know, waiting for somebody else to come forward first? Or, And then you throw in, if I come forward about this, what will it do for the children? You know, what will this do to the organization? What will me speaking out do? And I don't know. I'm just imagining from their perspective how awful of an internal war they were battling. And it was not their fault. It blame goes on Tim Ballard. It sounds like the same. I mean, we know predators, a predator is a predator. And typically they'll use the same techniques with all of their victims. And it sounds like once these ladies started collaborating stories, they would say, yes, this is what happened to me. And it was fairly similar. And so that HR investigation could have been, right? And we're kind of speculating because we don't quite know, but it could have been certainly a part of that split, Mm -hmm. that character defect that they explained. But the problem I have with it is they haven't responded to any requests for comment. They haven't acknowledged that this has happened. They're really just staying quiet. And I think staying quiet is actually really loud. Mm -hmm. No, you're not wrong. And I am very grateful they're not standing by Tim Ballard. Like they are not supporting him in any way, shape or form in this. You're on your own, buddy. Like that, wait, I'm not going to defend you. But they also are not coming forward and defending the women, in my opinion, either by staying silent. And I think that's where I would love to see OUR make a stance because, yes, they're they're rescuing children from trafficking and abuse, but it speaks volumes if they're not going to stand up and speak loud for what their staff members had to go through in that process. There's a couple other allegations that have come up. And in my opinion, this one is the most, um, I don't want to say important because they're all important, but the most connected to what we do is speaking up for survivors and giving survivors a voice. But there's some other things too. For example, he was just denounced by the Mormon organization um, saying that he was using their name and the name, because apparently I didn't know this until recently, that Tim is very Mormon, <laughs> grew up in Utah and is a part of the LDS faith. And so he was using the LDS faith and um, a specific prophet. So in LDS religion, um, men are deemed prophets. And in, it's from what I've understood, you know, closer to God. So they're the ones that have visions and revelations and things like that. And so Tim would say, this prophet has blessed OUR, this prophet has, you know, and 
is really a part of what we do and is, you know, because of this blessing. And so that was kind of a coercion experience as well as using the LDS and Mormon faith and church. And then these specific prophets as like a way and a reason why you should join or be a part of it because it's been blessed by them. And so the Mormon organization or church has said, we have nothing to do with this. <laughs> we have nothing to do with him using our name for his benefit. Mm-hmm. And they have denounced him. Wow. Now, I'll say from what, again, I understand the church hasn't put up a public PR statement saying we denounced him, denounced him Ballard. What they did was they replied to a request for comment by Vice magazine. And in that request for comment, their comment was, we have nothing to do with this. We have nothing oh. to do with Tim Ballard. We're not supporting him. We're not whatever. Yeah. So those who are Mormon are like, well, the church didn't put a PR statement out saying this. So did the church really say this? And the Vice magazine people are saying, he replied to comment. This is like a request. You know, They send an email saying, we're looking for a comment from the church. What does the church say about this? And that's what they received back. So in their mind, yeah, the church said this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, it, it, when you have a predator like this as a CEO, it affects so many people. Um, you know, the most heartbreaking part is, will the kids get the help that they need now? You know, like this in the beginning, or I don't even, I don't know, obviously his heart from the beginning, but the point of OUR to rescue these children, get them out of slavery and get them back healthy and strong as much as possible for what they've been through is a wonderful, good thing. And I know a lot of people have donated hundreds of thousands of dollars or more to this organization for that purpose. But when you now find out that there's um, evil in the midst of that, it it makes it to where you don't want to give that your money. And so what then happens for the children? I mean, ultimately, that's, I think, where everybody's heart needs to be right now. The victims of what Tim Ballard did, 100%. Like, I'm, my heart's with them, too. But also, how is this organization going to be able to pick up and move on and help these children like they have been? Yeah, I think that's the question. Because the mission of OUR, is it's needed. It's powerful. It's needed. Yes. Now, I have one more allegation. And then we can go into what OUR, what we think in our side chair, you know, reporting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So another allegation that I thought was fascinating, because again, it's not what we were told, um, is that sometimes, and again, I don't know if this is all the time, and I can't imagine it's all the time, because it just doesn't seem like it would be needed. But in one specific instance that I learned about they used a psychic to try to find one of the children. Now, that's why I don't think this is a normal part of their operations because you don't need psychics to tell you where the hot spots are in the yeah. world, like the red yeah. light districts. You don't really need a psychic for that. But they were looking for a specific boy. Um, Great Grody, Grady is his name. I think it's all over. You know, they've been looking for this boy. And it sounded like from the story that I was told that they used a psychic to try to find him. And the psychic gave vague information about a spot in Haiti. And so, you know, then there's helicopters and night seeing goggles or, you know, all of these equipments that are being used in this operation. And it felt scattered. It felt 
like it wasn't planned. It felt like they never found him because they were looking for like a tree in the shape of a C or something like that, something super vague. And so from the story that I heard from these reporters is that some, you know, one of the guys that was on that mission was like, this is, insane. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. Now we have talked to people who have been on the ground and mm-hmm. have succeeded in bringing down traffickers. And so from what I can, you know, again, speculating with the conversations we've had, I can't imagine that that's normal practice. Right. And potentially things have changed over the last five years where maybe at the beginning they did more of that and now it's a bit more systemized. We don't really know, but that right. is a speculation and something people are really curious about because if people are giving hundreds of thousands of dollars of hard-earned money to save the children, they want to know that that's what it's doing. A hundred percent. And you're using psychics, you're bringing in an evil spirit to, and that just, I don't want anything to do with that. Well, ever. especially in the Mormon faith, it's like not very no. outside of what they believe. Mm-mm. So it was surprising to hear. Yeah. I hope that that was a one time, never again situation. I, I That's just stupid in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, I am just from... <sighs> You know, we don't we can't see what they're doing in all these operations. We can't see what's going on in the safe houses. We can't see every right or wrong decision that they make. But what we have had the opportunity recently is to sit across from people who have been to the safe houses, who have got to love on those kids, um, get to see videos of within those safe houses, got to see videos of uh, vest cams, you know, where they're interviewing these traffickers and hearing the way that they explain these children uh, we got to sit across from a guy who is boots on the ground, does these operations, goes in pretending to be a pedophile. And we saw the brokenness in him of what it is like. And his words were to sit across from the devil two times a week. And he says, it is awful what these children go through. And knowing what he does for a living, he has a wife, he's got kids, and he's choosing to go fight for these children like that's honorable. And so knowing that piece from a personal standpoint and sitting across from him, I believe him. I believe that there is good that is happening in this organization. Uh, I just hope and pray that the what Tim Ballard has done will not destroy the good that's taking place. We even got to see what happens in the court process of bringing these uh, traffickers to justice. And mm-hmm. They, the guys that are boots on the ground, give their testimony completely garbed up, like in what looks like a beehive suit. (laughs) Yeah. Because they don't want their face to get out there. Because if the other traffickers know who they are, then of course they won't be as effective. And they're down in the court system once the arrest is happening, testifying, helping to put these people away. And we talk to some of the guys who are doing that. And so I agree. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes. Um, and there's so many more people involved in this than just Tim Ballard. Like, yes, he's dis- he beyond disappointed us. But let's focus on the fact that there are a lot of good people. And 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 doing really helpful things that the yeah. world needs. Yeah. I mean, we still need to fight trafficking. Right. 100%. Right. We still need to rescue children. We still have a huge more slaves in the world now than ever before. You know, um, huge problem on our hands. Yeah. 
And so I think we can live in a both and world, right? Where Tim can be disappointing and we can keep our eyes open to the red flags of isolating and coercion and all that kind of stuff that can happen when uh, evil takes power. And I want victims or survivors, I should say, to hear the fact that these women were, you know, they were manipulated and they're very smart, educated, you know, law enforcement women. It can happen to anybody, anybody when there's a man of power taking advantage. And O-U-R really was never about Tim to begin with. No. No. We can be disappointed in Tim and still support the the process of saving children. Mm-hmm. Now, what we would hope O-U-R does when light of these allegations is not pretend like they're not there. Yeah. Is that Please a double negative? Do don't yes. pretend. Yeah. Be truthful and honest about it. (laughs) Yes, please speak out because honestly, when they do, that'll help victims in a different way. Right. Right. Well, and I think for their transparency and for people to build trust in them again, they need to let us know how do they figure out their operations as much as they can be loud about, right? Of course, I'm sure they have things they don't want the traffickers to know, but well, how do they do these things? How... Um, I wouldn't have even expected a woman to be on an operation because why in the heck would you bring your wife to, if you're about to, you know, engage in the red light district. So there's things that I don't quite understand about these stories. And so it would be very helpful for them to say, this is how it works, or this is an example of how it works, or this is, um, and, and to be transparent about the operations as well. Yes, please. That would be fantastic. Is there anything else that would help build your trust in OUR again? Um, I mean, unfortunately, I think it's it's difficult because, like you said, they have to keep a lot of things hidden. But I I would love to just see, have proof of things, have show us proof of these children in the safe houses, show us proof of some of these operations that are taking place. Continue to be as transparent as possible. Um, because I I do believe that they're a good organization, but I need more than just my gut feeling. I want to be able to see some of these things um, moving forward that I can know I'm supporting a group that's doing the right things. One thing that we learned was that their aftercare organization, like pipeline, is um, is strong, and they don't even go into an operation until they have the aftercare pipeline. And so so that would, again, be interesting for people to really learn about and understand that the rescue is not the end, that the healing journey then begins and they support that too. Yep. I think it's time we open our eyes to the fact that um, there's there's going to be evil in the midst of what appears to be a good advocate. I mean, because it's like having a predator in the church. It's a breeding, like it's a perfect spot to hide. Um and so we have to open our eyes. So that's that's going to try to infiltrate the good in the world. So that's where the both and comes in. Yeah. We can see the evil for what it is, but not allow it to taint the good. Yes. Yep. So we'd love to hear your thoughts, you guys. This is a shock to, I think, a lot of people, or maybe um, some have been learning about this for years. 
Um, but we'd love to hear in the comments what you think. Were you surprised when you heard these allegations? Have you yet heard these allegations? What do you think about them? Um, I'd love to have some dialogue in the comments because we're just bringing up what we're learning and how it's impacting us. Mm -hmm. Now, especially we've been given the opportunity to speak with them and to share a stage with them. And we have to decide, do we, do we not? Yeah. Um, we don't know. And so we'd love to hear your input in the comments below. So anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? Um, I want people to know that we are safe. <laughs> oh, yes. Throwing <laughs> <laughs> yes. that out there. We are not for any of that yuck. I thought you meant <laughs> physically safe because we... Because oh no! Just traveled with them. <laughs> no, we're physically safe and emotionally safe, and yes. I think that is um, that's okay. Here's a red flag, and then one red flag: if a perpetrator or is um, a bad guy or a good guy is if they're trying to isolate you. Yes, and I think that um, Tim was using his power, and he was trying to separate and isolate and. And really, and our mission is to build community. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. We just had a, our first reflecting ownership group last night. So we're like on a little stop sis high here um, yes. because we know we're helping people work through hard stuff, but we also see the fruit of it in our meetings and it's so glorious. Um, so if, if you are a survivor, check out our website, join our mailing list, and we'll certainly let you know when our next round are. Um, are popping up. We've got Reflecting Ownership, which is a trauma-focused program, and 90-Day U-Turn, which is a what's next program, along with opportunities for retreats and uh, chapter books and all these kinds of things coming down the pipeline. So stay tuned. We would love to include you um, and get to know you and your story and support your healing journey as well. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for commenting, liking, subscribing, all the YouTube things, uh, podcast things, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to this powerful episode of Stop Suffering in Silence. If you are interested in booking Rachel to speak at your school, your church, or on your podcast, then please email openblindeyes at protonmail.com. If you are interested in sponsoring a survivor on their healing journey and would like to donate to Stop Sis, then please check out the link in the description box or show notes below, or you can email stopsis at protonmail.com. And finally, if you are currently suffering in silence or you know somebody who is, whether they're dealing with a current trauma or one from the past, then we will always recommend that you reach out to your local resources and find a counselor that you can trust because nobody is meant to suffer alone. Have an amazing week and thank you for being here.